Welcome to the B2B Marketing and Copywriting Podcast. I am your host, Linda Malone, certified conversion copywriter and founder of The Copyworks. In this podcast, I interview marketing and copywriting experts on all facets of, well, marketing and copy, with an emphasis on the link between the two, with a focus on creating higher conversions in your B2B business. I also include recordings from the other side of the table where I'm interviewed by the host of other podcasts and short clips of tips from yours truly on copywriting. In short, you'll find something for everyone in the marketing and copywriting B2B world. Let's dig in. My guest today is Jesse Lezak. Jesse has been growing and building audiences and connecting people through marketing, sales, and data or data uh, analytics for over 10 years in multiple industries, including B2B, SaaS companies, nonprofits, local government, labor and political campaigns. Her focus has been on digital marketing and CRM database management alongside business text messaging, email marketing, social media marketing, A-B testing, and SEO, SEM. She's also a confessed coffee addict, which I call her out on in the introduction. So we'll be talking a lot about data, what it is, where to find it, and how to use it for greater ROI and for better engagement with your ideal customers. Great. So welcome, Jesse. I'm so excited to have you here on this podcast. This is going to be awesome. Excited to be here. Yeah. Now, in your bio, you said you were a confessed coffee addict. So I have to address that. <laughs> Case in point. So when you say coffee addict, because I drink a lot of coffee myself, I mean, is it really out of control or you just have a couple cups a day? <laughs> well, I mix a lot with decaf. I drink a lot of oh. decaf. So that's how I get away from like drinking the caffeine and just like the taste of it. I like having something warm. Um, like allergy seasons coming up here and I was just sick not too long ago. So, you know, plus just like the, it's cold here in Ohio. Oh, so having okay. a warm drink is nice. So for me, that's probably, but also when I was in college, I worked at a coffee shop. Like I would start my day at 5am making these really gourmet coffees. So I became uh-huh. a coffee snob early on. Oh, so that's what it, where it comes from. That's funny. Yeah. Cause I love my coffee too. So, <laughs> all right. Awesome. So we're just going to jump in here. I think before we talk about the main topics, I'd like to define a couple of things like your um, emphasis and your strategies are based around content, right? Mainly you focus on yeah. content. Yeah. Okay. And since I'm a copywriter, I just want to define the difference and there's some overlap, but in general, Content usually refers to anything that is written or uh, created to entertain or inform. So we're thinking, you know, blogs and articles um, and things of that nature. And then copy is more, and I've been a content writer for 20 years before I was a content writer for 20 years before I became a copywriter. So this definition, actually, I didn't, wasn't aware of myself. Copywriting is more, Uh, that's writing that's created specifically to have people take action. So people think of it as selling, but it's not necessarily, it could be signing up for a webinar, um, opting into, you know, something. So anything that inspires people to take action, and it also does pertain to ads. So what you're going to be talking about with data could be, what I'd like to do is kind of heavy define if there's areas that are, if there's any kind of overlap, just to to bring that up when you get to it. So if that makes sense for people who are listening. So 
when we talk about data, let's start with what actually does it mean when you say data? What kind of data do you refer to? Oh, it's a great question because, you know, everything really could be data. This conversation in itself could be transcribed and content analysis could be ran and it's qualitative data. So, you know, we have lots of data out there. There's qualitative data, there's quantitative data. I think in my realm, we're typically looking at quantitative data. So like total number of customers, total number of customer names, emails, addresses. I mean, there's so many different things that you can get down to, you know, even looking at devices and what browser and what time. So data can be a lot of different things. It can be, you know, I think of first party customer data and that's sort of what I'm describing. Yeah. But Google analytics, I mean, that's data, right? That's something like your website traffic data. You know, that's really great too. So you can see how many people are coming to, you know, specific blog and you can set goals to try to guide that traffic and, you know, accomplish certain things that you want to accomplish. Okay. And so that leads to my first question, which is how do you use uh, data to set your like content marketing goals? Which comes first, the goal setting or the data collection, or is it both? (laughs) (laughs) I would say data always should guide, you know, when you need to make a decision, um, you should always look at the data and that comes down to looking, making sure you're looking at the right data, first of all, But, you know, there's a lot of different things you can look at with goal setting. So first of all, you can go back and analyze your Google Analytics, you know, and see like, well, how many uh, website visitors did I have last month? How many do I think I can get this next month? You know, so that I can set a goal because I know where I am now um, and I can be, you know, a little more strategic and I can look into it and see, okay, what pages perform well, which one's not so well. And then I can go from there in terms of looking at my content or my copy, whatever it may be. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. Cause I do that. Um, I use something called hot jar. Is that something that you've. Yeah. I've used hot jar. Absolutely. What do you think of those types? Cause I know that, I mean, they're fun because it shows you where people's cursors moving and they record little snippets of like, do you find it really valuable? In, in the scheme of things? I do. I like the little, like the heat map of the mm-hmm. website where you can see where people are going, kind of where they're dropping off. And I think that helps with content as well, because then you can see like, oh, they're hovering over this. They are actually consuming it. So I think it's helpful. Do you find particular trends with that? Like do people, cause I, I'm interested because of websites and I'm in the process of having my own website redone. So I'm thinking, you know, that's something I should probably use. What is it that I should be looking for? If I'm using Hotjar, which I am. Well, first of all, like looking at your Google Analytics, you don't want to see low bounce rates or you don't want to see high bounce rates. Um, You want to see low bounce rates. Um, So for those pages with high bounce rates, you could look at Hotjar, for example, and see like, okay, well, while they're here, where are they making it to you know, before they bounce or are they even, is there any, you know, anything happening um, when they come to that page? So I feel like Hotjar just kind of gives you that next step of data to look at. So then you can be like, okay, I should just delete this page altogether. Or I could just maybe try, you know, this other page is performing really well. Maybe if I say something like that in here, um, it'll help me, for example. For someone who just has a website, how often should they be checking that? Is there any guidelines? Is it a monthly thing? Um, can you get too obsessed with it? <laughs> you know, it's going to depend yeah. on the level of the business and what you're able to do. So I guess you check it as often as you can. 
Um, and ideally, you know, if you're a larger company, you have a huge team and they have tools beyond Google Analytics that are analyzing this data for you. Right. But, you know, like if you're a small business, then maybe you look at it once a month, you know, and I, I would say that would be a good goal to get started off. Okay. So, yeah. So with um, Google Analytics um, and then you have Hotjar, is there any other type of software that you think is particularly helpful and easy to interpret? Like these are things that I can go on and I can see it myself without having a lot of like complex calculations. Cause it, the thing is that, you know, with someone like me as a writer, I'm so artsy. And when it comes to numbers, it, you know, my husband even says, he goes, when we start talking about finances, I see your brain just like turn off, like your eyes glaze over. <laughs> and so it has to, to me, it's like hot jar is interesting to me because I can follow the little cursor. And so, you know, is there any other particular software that you think is easy to interpret that is really relevant or has, gives you like great feedback on, on like a website? Absolutely. I personally really love HubSpot, you know, because I feel like everything, you know, at a business, everyone's goal is revenue, right? So that sort of ties everything in where you can break it down and see, well, here is who, you know, which customers closed last month and how they came in. And for those that came in inbound, you can, you know, drill it down to what content drove them in. You can see all the different things that they were able to see. So you can kind of see a little bit more of that customer journey within a tool like HubSpot that, you know, again, lets you analyze your first party data. So that's your customer data. And to me, that's the golden piece, you know, like that's what you want to see is that you are generating revenue or, you know, you're at least bringing in marketing qualified opportunities and not just optimizing for marketing qualified leads that don't convert. Okay. That makes total sense. How do you let data drive content? That's a really great question. To truly connect with your audience and address their specific needs, you have to know their behaviors, their goals, and their challenges. So by analyzing your data, you can discover, you know, browsing patterns or social media usage or purchase behavior online or other metrics you can find and focus on what works. Okay. And so when you talk about personalization, that's kind of been a big thing lately because people are getting very savvy about, oh, this email has my name on it. And I know that they're just <laughs> auto-filling it, but it's still, it's important, right? In content. And, and how do you bring that? How do you pull that in using the data? Absolutely. And you know what? I think because people see it and expect it and know how it works, like that makes it even more important because there's no excuse, right? To get it mm-hmm. wrong. Um, and I think using a broad brush for content marketing just simply doesn't work. So you have to personalize it um, beyond just the name. Um, so you can use analytics tools. Um, they, you know, take big data and boil it down to create highly targeted campaigns so that you know and you're able to personalize and be specific with your audience. Can you give an example? Like say it's like I used to run a fitness business. Mm-hmm. So what sort of thing would I want to include or what would I want to look at? And I had emails, I had newsletters that went, and I did do surveys. So like in that survey, mm-hmm. I would use, I would use that data and ha- like, how would I, how would that work? Yeah. I mean, if you have survey data, that's definitely something to look at and you should always look at what your customers are telling you. Like that's the most important thing is collect the qualitative data and hear what customers are actually saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, but sometimes we're not able to do that. So, you know, you can work with a data partner like BDEX and say, like, 
hand over your first party data and let us, you know, um, enrich it for you to help you better understand your audience. Um, so, you know, that's just one option. You totally can, you know, we're talking about marketing and content campaigns. So if you're looking at it from a sales level, you absolutely should be like looking at their LinkedIn personal page, seeing exactly what they're saying. If you're going to send like, you know, cause that's getting into sales copy, right? Cause then you have your, your sequences and your emails you're dealing with. So it's all a little di- bit different. So if I'm doing one-on-one personalization, then I'm looking even deeper and I'm really trying to understand that person. If I'm doing marketing and I'm running an ad campaign, then I'm looking more at like data partners and using machine learning to expand those audiences so that I can find more customers like the customer, my ideal customer. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on like the testing sites? Or is that part of what you do? It's like there's, is that what you do? Like if I had data and you said like you en- enrich it, what does it mean to enrich? Is that the word you use? (laughs) Yeah, data enrichment. You know, it's a really big topic. And so data can be enriched with a lot of different things, but it's basically the process of combining first party data from internal sources with desperate, disparate, and saying that wrong. I always say that that word wrong, but that is (laughs) an important word. Data from other internal systems or third party data from external sources. So it's valuable because it helps you basically connect the dots on your data. So in a simple way, like if you're looking at like Linda Malone's first party customer data, you may have like everybody's first name, definitely their last name. You know, you might have some emails, maybe cell phone numbers, you know, so you would want to fill in the blanks, right? So it would be enriching in that regard. But then you can go even further and enrich it to figure out who's an actual person and not a bot, what device are they on, what do they watch on TV, you know, like there's all these different data points, there's, you know, thousands. So, you know, enriched data, it's, it's a valuable asset, because it becomes more useful, and you're able to do more with it. Yeah, I think what you're describing sounds like when I talk to people, and I do ask them, what kind of podcast, like if I'm working for a client that is in a particular industry, you know, what sort of podcast do you listen to? Do you watch any TV shows? Do you follow anything you know, in particular? Or do you have hobbies? And then I try to link that. Is that what you're talking about? Like to enrich, to really get into that deeper. Yeah, not the, not the data that you're going to really find easily. You really have to talk to people. It sounds like. Yeah, yes. But also you got to make sure your systems are connecting and you're integrating your data. There's no siloed data. Um, so that's another part of it is like, you know, it starts starts with your raw data, you know, of course, um, but then, you know, whether it's site traffic or social media or email lists, um, when customer data is collected, it needs to be stored in a centralized place so that you can see it across all places. But then you also want to enrich it um, because you may not have all that data. And, um, you know, BDEX is definitely a provider in that realm where we can help you enrich your data. Okay. So how do you provide like enhanced customer experiences? I think you pretty much touched on this, but is there anything else with a data-driven content strategy? Yeah, we covered Google Analytics. Um, You know, I would say alignment is something to always keep in mind. So I talked about HubSpot and looking at revenue and what content is bringing in revenue, but it is important to know 
what sales is up to and what content is resonating um, from their perspective, you know, like they'll be more likely to be helpful on say copy um, because it's more of a direct ask and they're working on, you know, copy for their emails, but it is still good to have sales feedback so that you can have an aligned growth strategy with your content. Can you define that a little bit? Can you break that down a little bit when you say aligned? Because I hear that word a lot with in marketing. Is there a definition? Like what, what exactly does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> Pop quiz. Pop quiz. It, you know, it can mean so many different things because, well, like just think of like, I always talk about, um, and I got this from Chris Walker too, right? He talks about the 2015 model. Right. And so 2015, things were different. Right. So marketing and sales were much more siloed. Sales sort of ran the show. But now it's different in that everybody's online. They'll, they're going to research you. So your marketing matters. And marketing, even in a lot of cases, will be managing the sales team, like from the SDRs, because marketing is out there, you know, bringing in the leads. So You have marketing bringing in the leads, working top of the funnel, sales, bottom of the funnel, right? So we're saying the same thing, but differently. Mm -hmm. And it's important that we're able to kind of communicate and understand the overall value prop and the customer pain points together, not so that we can write about it the same way, because we're not, copies different than content, um, but so that we can both be aware and driving um, the same type of movement in the funnel. Okay. So they're working together instead of being so separate. So they both should have yeah. like the in same. In a lot of instances, goal. like you'll hear about them being the same. So there's the rev ops sort of approach where like your salespeople and are your marketing people, you know, and so they're breaking down the silos and creating like growth and revenue positions. And, you know, I still am in sort of the school of thought that you need a CMO and you need a marketing department. And, and I don't think that reports to the CRO. I think they all report to the CEO um, and the CEO, you know, has to drive. But I think that's where alignment comes down to. And what does it look like for an average marketer or an average salesperson? I think what it looks like is like sharing Google Docs and like giving me feedback on what I wrote. Like, doesn't mean I'm going to use your feedback, but share it and fill me in on what you think, um, because it is important to understand your perspective on what's going out. And likewise with, you know, on the sales side, um, keep marketing in the loop, what customers you're reaching out to and when, um, because at the end of the day, it'll only help you if we're working right. together. Yeah. I've never worked in a corporate environment. So that's why I ask these questions because I'm like an outsider going, why is it that I always hear sales and marketing are like working against each other? How can that be? That's why I asked that question. Cause it's like, why would you not be aligned? But Again, yeah, I guess I wouldn't say I've worked in a corporate environment, but I guess you could say I have, but I think of it, I'm for startups, you know, like I haven't worked at like a company with more than 15 people. Well, I guess at Cameo Global, it's said that we fell under Cameo Global, which is a larger company, Um, but we operated independently and had fewer people. So, you know, even at startups, I think it's a little easier because you are able to sort of communicate directly, typically, but it can also be harder too. Yeah. Especially in the um, online world, everybody, you know, is operating independently and not able to just walk over to someone's desk and ask them a question. 
Right. But there are things that we can use online to be able to communicate. So I still don't think there's any excuse. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) So just um, one more question. So how do you use data to continuously improve your content? So we talked about how you use it. So how does it, like, how often do you adjust it or how often do you check it? And how do you use it to? Great question. By combining your data, you'll be able to fine-tune your marketing using new information and metrics. Customer needs change, right? And so the data will help you improve your product and your services as well as your content. So you need to be able to respond to those evolving needs and data will help you do that. And that's, you know, how it will continuously help you improve. So I would say that a data-driven approach improves the overall quality of your content as long as you keep it refreshed. So like if you're just looking at your data once a year, you're not really having a data-driven strategy. Even though you use data to create it, you got to continuously be reflecting back. You said like monthly is typical of... I think you should set goals quarterly and then reflect back monthly. Okay. Actually, what do one, you think? Um, when I do, uh, when I work with a client and they give me data, it always has to be in, within the, the last year. Um, I would like it to be the last six months, but sometimes it depends on the size of the company. If they do, like I had one client I work with and it, they were huge and they gave me so much data. I mean, I poured through all kinds of PowerPoints and meetings and meeting notes. And it was way more than I needed, uh, but it was within the year and I pulled out, you know, what I needed. But usually um, I find with the companies I I work with that they're much smaller and a lot of them don't have a lot of data. And Mm -hmm. sometimes the first time they do it is when they start working with me. Which doesn't doesn't really help me because I can't see like what was we because I'm always striving for a before and after picture. This is, you know, before we optimized your copy for conversion and now here it is after. And if there's no data for the before picture, it's hard to to measure that. So I'd say, you know, ideally six months, but a year is is okay. Because I know a lot of companies, they spend a lot of money on doing it and, you know, collecting the data. So, you know, it's it. It really, it does vary, but, um, but in a perfect world, if they have anything, I'm happy <laughs> because it's better than what some of them have. Um, and then just the very last question, do you measure performance? Well, how do you measure performance regularly? I mean, we kind of covered this, but there's, is there any particular way? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, tool. So if we're talking tech stack, I think, you know, I, I think of HubSpot because I can integrate that with Google analytics. I can integrate it with social media, kind of pull everything into one place. Um, it's got customer data, but you know, you want to monitor user behavior. Is there any change in time spent consuming content? Like we talked about bounce rates and the number of new and repeat visitors on your blog. You also want to examine your levels of engagement. So have the numbers of share shares, likes, social mentions, you know, have they increased? Have they decreased? You know, um, if they've decreased, you want to examine and revise your content strategy, of course, but also calculate your ROI as much as possible. People always talk about ROI, but um, so what is your cost per acquisition? Use your data and your analytics tools to find out a positive ROI means, you know, you have an effective strategy. If not, take a hard look and modify it. 
the bottom line is that a data-driven content strategy will steadily increase conversions if you know your target audience. Mm-hmm. So you got to do a deep analytical dive and develop engaging content. Don't forget to check back regularly and make changes as necessary. Okay. It makes total sense. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today. And where can people find you? You can find me on LinkedIn. Um, I'm also, I also have a website, click-cause.com. Yeah. I'm very active on LinkedIn. You can send me a message there and also at jesse at bdex.com if you want to email me. Terrific. Thank you again so much. It's been really interesting and a fun conversation. Thanks, Jesse. Thanks, Linda. Okay, so that wraps up today's episode. I hope you found it valuable. And if you did and you enjoyed it, please be sure to share it with friends and business associates who may find it of interest as well. Thanks so much for listening and be sure to follow me on LinkedIn or you can reach out to me through my website at thecopyworks.com and we'll talk to you soon.